And we're back with episode two of the You Must Be Bored podcast with Ethan and Taylor. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I've had a great week so far. Weather's a little bit warmer. It was cold and rainy today, but it's been good weather this week. Yeah, it's just not been great today. It was like 65 here, but it's just kind of been gloomy outside. So which can't really fully appreciate it. Yeah. But, How's your week going? Um, it's going. You know, it's it's work, so it's not you know the most most fun in the world. But we're just we're getting by. Um, nice. how was your week? You did already ask me. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll follow. I up asked again. how you were doing. I didn't ask like how your week was. Mm, right. Mm, I don't know. I'm not going crazy. Um, uh, let's see. What did I have going on this week? Yesterday it felt, I believe it was Monday. What day is it? No, it's Wednesday. It right is now. definitely Wednesday right now, <laughs> as we're recording. <laughs> on, that's how this week is going. Okay. Uh, but no, I I took the dogs on a very long walk. It ended up being like two hours, six mile walk, and it just felt so good outside. I was wearing shorts and like a flannel, so we just we kept walking and kind of the highlight of past seven days days ish. You took your dogs on all six miles? Oh, yeah. They loved it. They did get home and immediately – well, one of the dogs immediately ate a ton of food. I took a lot out of me, boss. But, no, they they did great. It's nice because with walking the dogs, the first mile, they pull a lot. Like, they just – and it's not awful, but they're definitely excited to go on the walk. They want to smell everything, and they just want to go fast. And after you get out of the beginning stage of the walk – I feel like they calm down a lot, and right. yeah, you know, it's just an easier walk. Can I tell you? Can I tell you this weird habit that my dog has uh, started doing on our walks? Of course. Um, so I don't know why, but my dog—I love her to death. She's the best dog in the world. Uh, she's my little princess, so I'm not slandering her. Little Ray Ray. Little, little sweet baby Ray. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll just be walking along, and I have my headphones on, and we're just we're cranking out our mile and a half. And she has gotten in this habit of, without breaking stride, she will just have like these little poop nuggets fall out on the sidewalk. Like nothing changes. She just as is walking. In, we're literally walking along, and all of a sudden, like she'll kind of like spread her back legs apart a little more than usual while she's walking and yeah she's like leaving a trail of turds on the sidewalk so do you have to do like follow the bread trail bread from trail i'm just a appalled by the audacity that my dog is not (laughs) pooping in the grass instead opting to poop on the sidewalk in my neighborhood and you know sometimes it's hard to get the poop off the sidewalk and so mm. I'm just like, what do I do in that situation? Um, mm. So this has just started happening recently. Um, we've been going on nightly walks for years now, and I don't know what has happened. Ray Ray needs and she to change is her also life. deathly afraid of manhole covers. Like we have a manhole cover. What happened? One there? of our cul-de-sacs. And whenever we approach it on our walks, she will put on the brakes. And then she will go extend the leash all the way to the middle of the cul-de-sac just to avoid the manhole cover. It's the weirdest thing ever. I don't, I don't even have why a, she does that. a train of logic to explain that. I don't either. 
I think I stepped on it one time while we were walking and made a noise and it like spooked her. Okay. And so she's ever just, since she's just telling herself I'm never going near that thing again. So that's fair. I have a question. Okay. Not really. I don't know if it's a question. Well, I guess it is a question related okay. to walking the dogs and picking up, uh, their poop. So, yes. you know, they squat up, they do their business. You pick it up, tie the bag, you keep walking. Yes. Okay. That's normal. Normal business. Let's say, do you have a little container that has like the poop bags in it? Or do you just grab the roll and put it in your pocket? Uh, so we just keep, like whenever we go to Kroger, we will keep the plastic bags that we have in a um, container out in our garage. Okay. So you grab a couple on the way out. Yes. And I, uh, I actually like tie them around the leash. So, so I have... mean, I always take two. Okay, that's usually what I do. I usually do two per dog because okay. they hardly ever go more than twice. And scenario, either they just go a lot of times or you just you had less bags than you thought and you run out of bags and your dog uses the bathroom again. Yep. Walk me through what you're doing. So this has happened to me a couple times, but I am I am that good person that will – bring Raven back home, grab another bag, and then I will go walk to where this happened. And I'll pick it up. What happens in the moments of you realizing that you don't have a bag before you walk back to the house? I get a tad annoyed with her. Do you act like you pick up the poop for any car that might be driving by? No, I don't go that far. We usually walk at night, so... It's not like all the kids are out playing in the street and everybody else is walking. No, Raven and I are out there at 8:30, and so I mean, if she if she goes more than I have allotted, then I will come home, get another bag, and then I'll walk back to where it was, okay, and then pick it up. I don't do that depending on when it happens on the walk and how far away from the house it is. I always pick it up, but it might end up being like the next day when I take the dogs on a walk. But when it initially happens. Like, man. Yeah. So it, then I have to sucks. act like I'm, like, leaning down, picking it up, tying, because yeah. usually I'll already have a bag that's tied up. You're just so telling just yourself like, that they're watching you through the windows. Yes. When they're really And, again, hard. I don't leave it. Like, eventually I do come back, whether it's – if we're close to the house, I'll go get it. But if it's a while away, I'll just go get it on the walk the next day. Right. No, I mean, yeah, but I, I am that good guy. I, I just don't leave it, you know. Um, I will go pick it up. But anyway, getting back to the outline that we have given ourselves for this episode, I feel like we should kick it off with what we've learned because the first episode has been out for a couple of days now. What we have learned from our first episode. And so okay. I'll you just kind of let one you. Off? Yeah, why don't you kick that one off? I have a couple of things I want to bring up, but. I feel like you have uh, some insights as well. Okay, I'll start it out. So, obvious first takeaways from the first episode of the pod. That's when we know we're making a podcast, now when we call it a pod. Oh, yes, the pod. So, takeaways from the first pod. Um, the simple logistics of just how we're going to do it. Obviously, it's not a perfect process right now, but the logistics of how we're going to record, where we upload it, which you kind of took care of that. and just. The very basic, at the most basic level, how we're going to record it, 
I think those are some takeaways. And it's not the biggest tasks ever. I always have a hard time with no. tasks. Yeah. Tasks. The plural. Tasks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those aren't the largest tasks. Oh, gosh. I'm stuck you're, on it. You oh, gotta no. stop saying it, man. Like, it's gonna, you're just, <laughs> you're gonna keep digging a hole. And every time you try to pronounce it, it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. See, now I feel like I have to say it again. Now I feel like we need to whip out a thesaurus and find an alternative word to tasks. <laughs> Uh, anyways, but they were small things and we, we figured out how to do those and now we can start improving other parts of the podcast. So that feels good. The big takeaway with first pod was not placing so much importance on perfection and just doing it, like getting it out there and essentially not, not getting stuck in the place of paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Which is a there? There's a balance there. Like you do have to be critical and keep trying to improve, but there is a good balance of not being stuck in place because you want it to be absolutely completely perfect. Well, to expand on that, I think whenever we were first talking about doing this, our one rule that we had was that we weren't going to take ourselves very seriously, and I feel like you know because. We are. I am very aware that everyone and their brother has a podcast. That we are not trying to get famous off of this. We're just doing this for fun. And I feel like whenever these new podcasts get that paralysis by analysis, it's very evident in their recording. They're trying to be super professional. They're trying to make sure there's no dead air and there's no nuance that they don't get too sidetracked. And it just makes the listening experience, at least for me, less pre- pleasurable. And Depending so, on the genre, for sure. Yeah, correct. You know, like but like something podcast. like this. Yeah, Link sure. Something like this where we're just chit-chatting. You know, I I just don't care, like, that it's professional, yeah. you know. And so I, I agree with that, but continue. Uh, other takeaways, avoiding dead air. You were just saying that, but avoiding it as much as possible is kind That's of hard. exhausting. Yeah, because obviously we're trying to like have this be as close to a regular conversation as possible. But in a regular conversation, you can kind of let your guard down a little bit. And if there's silence, like you just take a breath and you go wherever it leads. So I was surprised how tiring it was to try to actively avoid any dead air. And obviously, if it happens, you know, we'll roll with it. Uh, I can confirm I still suck at telling stories, mainly finishing stories. Here, here. <laughs> I get to a point, I'm like, man. Well, a couple of things happen. One option, and this happens often, is I start on my main storyline. Like, I know where I'm going. And then we get off on this little side route. Like, man, I don't really know where I have got here from. I love it. And then so you try to walk your way back to the main storyline. You're like, okay, we got it. Let's roll with it. And then you take a left turn and you get down on that road. And eventually you get to the end of what would have been your storyline. But it has so much side context that you just don't know how to end it. So I can confirm I still suck at it. I'll own it. I can own I can own that. I I just I I knew because behind the scenes, whenever we did our first recording, I mean, we had an outline, but we did not rehearse anything really. And so whenever I was like, oh, we need to talk about how we first met. And you in my did. head, I was just <laughs> telling myself, well, I'm going to let Taylor kick it off. 
and then you started going. The supreme said, storyteller. He is, he is not. I mean, you're telling stories about whenever we were in high school, which is technically when we did meet. But you're not really giving the origin story to how our relationship and friendship began. You know, so it was just I just I was just sitting here kind of with a smirk. And I was just like, oh, glad I couldn't see your face. Here he goes. (laughs) So it was, it was, it was hilarious, dude. I I, I enjoyed it personally. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. I was, it was amazing. I loved it. Other takeaways. This one was tied to a couple points ago about avoiding dead air being surprisingly exhausting. Also, the balance of trying to talk with energy, but not make it seem forced. Right. It's like a 1%, 2% extra to try to not talk extremely monotone. Surprisingly tiring on my end. I don't know about oh yours, my. but on my end, surprisingly tired, tiring. Right. I gotcha. Do you have any uh, others? The outro, we still can't sing. I can't tell stories and we can't sing. So. Oh, where are you talking about, dude? And to follow we up with that. that We'll do it again. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it being tied to that point. But I realized telling stories, I can definitely get to a place of being extremely sentimental. Right. Such a quote, wicked. I am a sentimental man. Whoa. Was, was that beautiful? That was really good. Yeah. Look at you. When I wrote that down, I was like, I think Ethan's probably going to crap on this. But no, you thank you. No, I'm always I needed that. I was just insecure about my singing voice, especially listening to our outro from the first episode. Man, I can't tell you apart from Harry Connick. Like it, you are, you're amazing. Thank you. Okay, that was okay. I'm being a little bit of a jerk now. All right. Do, do you have any others? How are you being a jerk? <laughs> Did I miss a reference <laughs> in here? Because it was a joke. I was comparing you to Harry Connick. Do you not know who that is? Sure don't. Hold on. I'm bad. I can admit I'm bad with names. Oh, my goodness. Well, while while you're looking that up, look up Harry Connick Jr. He, he's like a famous. I'm much more of a recognized faces type of person. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll give look my takeaways while you're Googling that. I feel like he's a pretty important person to know, especially in the music world. Anyway, what I learned was... Uh, people apparently like to hear us talk, which is um, amazing when you think about it. Um, so just some more behind the scenes. We upload to Spotify, and Spotify will send me data based off of how long do people listen to the podcast, how many people listen all the way through. Um, it's pretty cool, um, and there I won't get all into the numbers. But there was an astonishingly high percentage of people who, when they click into the podcast, they listen all the way through, which means they found us interesting, which props to you people. Um, Happy for you. We're we're flattered. Um, Stuck with us every day. Yes, right. Um, But anyway, and also just the people, people reaching out to us individually saying how much they liked it. Um, was pretty cool to see. Um, we even have some requests for, uh, upcoming episodes. Um, 
they heard us talk about DCI, Taylor. They really want us to do a DCI episode. Lordy. That will be something. Um, well, we should do it. Like we, we, we should, we should have a DCI episode. So that'll be on the horizon. Another takeaway I had was, and you kind of alluded to this earlier was it's hard to talk for an hour, but you seem to have a harder time with it than I do. And I think it's because in my everyday life, I just don't have a very, uh, long social battery. So whenever I'm in a group setting, I just don't seem to be able to enjoy the experience like some of my other friends do. So I almost use this as my way to just unleash everything that I want to say. And so, I mean, you, you were, you were kind of winding down in the first episode and I was noticing it. Um, <laughs> Because we we got to the end, we didn't even get to the main talking point, which was supposed to be quarantine. And you looked at the timer, and you're like, "All right, Ethan. Well, I guess we're wrapping this up." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I can keep going." <laughs> you know, like please, please. So, um, anyway, another takeaway was it's super easy to get off topic, especially with you and I. Um, that's the fun part. Yeah, that's the fun part. We go down. I love how. If you listen back, we will get off topic, and then even when we're off topic, you'll chime in, and you'll be like, side quest. I'm like, so we're doing side a quest side to track the side to quest. the existing sidetrack? Yes, anyway. that's the, the most fun part of conversation. Right, and then uh, my wife wanted me to throw this in. I do have more hobbies than just golf. I know whenever what, what we were – I like to ski. Okay. Skiing's fun. Agreed. Um, and I'll talk about this later, but I I used to be in a tennis kick um, just for exercise. Tennis Surprisingly great cardio. Yeah, and then I even have a couple buddies that are wanting to pick up pickleball. We just got a pickleball. We haven't gone yet, but we got a pickleball paddle. Right. Paddles. And so uh, we'll end up doing that too. Um, but whenever my wife heard – me getting to get into my hobbies and I just said golf and walking my dog. She looked at me. She's like, you're making yourself self sound so lame. I'm like, well, I kind of like what I like. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I like. um, Anyway, so those were my takeaways. Um, But moving on to keep, to keep the flow of the podcast going this past week, I went to a trivia night. Taylor, do you Mm. frequent trivia nights? I can't say recently that I go incredibly frequently, but I do – I enjoy going to trivia. I can't say that I contribute anything at all. I'll be the person that takes the ticket up, but as far as contributing any knowledge, any random facts, remembering dates, remembering names of people, I got – I have none of it. I'm awful at trivia, but I'm a, I'm a glue guy at trivia. I'll just okay. – I'll be there to hang You're out. There. I'll be there for morale. Okay. The only category I ever contribute in – is sports, but even that I get stuck in a place where an answer is stuck on the tip of my tongue. Right. Extremely frustrating. Yeah. And so, anyway, going back, so we have a, it's actually a ramen bar here in town. Ramen um, trivia? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a new place. Um, it's actually in the basement of a historical building downtown. And I mean, it's pretty cool. You walk down there, you walk down this 
stairwell and all of a sudden there's this restaurant and it's a ramen bar. Um, and so we heard through the grapevine that they have trivia on Wednesday nights. And so Liz and I are big fans of trivia. I know if you listen to the previous episode of this podcast and I couldn't name the Mount Rushmore, you're not going to believe me when I say this, but Liz and I are surprisingly good at trivia because we just enjoy watching trivia shows. So Liz loves Jeopardy. We have a couple YouTube shows that we watch that's trivia based. So we know a lot of useless knowledge. I think a lot of those popped up during quarantine. Oh, definitely. They were very Um, high quality entertainment. I was a big fan. It's called The Dozen. Um, It's a barstool trivia show and they would have two or three episodes every week. Liz and I would watch every single episode. And so we just, we would sit there and watch trivia. And then, you know, just by watching those shows, we just accumulate a vast amount of useless trivia knowledge. And so we went there with a few of our friends and, you know, there were like 10 teams, I think. And the, a, a couple of observations. There are some teams that take it very seriously. Oh yeah. Super seriously. And I'm, I'm a very competitive person. And so, you know, I think the prize for the winning team was like 25 bucks and there was five of us. So it was going to be $5. And so the pride, the pride. That yeah. It, it. It's the pride thing. And I, of course I wanted to win, but, um, there are the poor MC of the trivia night. He had a tough time. Um, there was a question and it was the wager question. So it was the biggest question. There were three teams, including my team, that if they wagered correctly, they could win. Um, so there was a lot hinging on this one question. And this question was, what two countries in the world do not sell Coca-Cola? And there was a big debate at the table. The first answer was obviously North Korea. And then there was a debate at the table. Liz wanted to put Cuba. And then myself and one of my buddies wanted to put Russia due to the war. And so we ended up outvoting Liz. And so we put Russia. So we put Russia and North Korea. And so he was like, oh, uh, only like no, only I think only one team got it. And it was a team that was not in contention. And so, you know, he said the answer is Cuba and North Korea. And so, of course, Liz was like, you should have taken my answer. You know, and <laughs> so she was she was really feeling all big and bad. And but there was one one of the other teams that was in contention. They're like, that's not right. And so there was like this big challenge. It was a whole ordeal. And it turns out that there are actually three countries currently that do not sell Coca-Cola. It's North Korea, Russia and Cuba. And so we were technically all right, but there's this big hoopla about it. And everybody's like, you should, you know, ask another question to do this. And I'm sitting there like, I've been here for two hours. I kind of want to go home. I've gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore. But there was one team in particular that was there that was giving this guy a really hard time. I felt bad for him because he's just there. He's there to vibe. He's having a good time. He's just, you know, asking us questions, taking our answers, tallying up points. Um. And he was like, I can ask. And so he ended up asking another question and no one got it right. And so Hmm. I just looked down. I was like, dude, we're going home. (laughs) Keep your money. 
it's all good. Um, we'll come back another time. But there was one team there that was not happy. Um, Are you so, all the type of team? Say okay. Say you get an answer right. Yeah. What, what happens in the ensuing like five seconds after that? Do you all celebrate? Like what? what does oh that yeah, look we like give a all? big woo. You know, just um, especially if it's a question that was hard. Um, like I, I don't get, you know, I don't get super super competitive to the point where I'm challenging the MC of the trivia night. But there are a couple questions where the answer we wrote down was the answer that I gave, and I was the only person at the table who gave the answer. And so, of course, I'm nervous. And so when they say the answer and I was correct, of course, I'm like, yeah, just like (laughs) a real quick fist pump in the air. I'm all about, at trivia, that silent fist pump just. Yeah. But I think it depends on the level of the question. Um, but anyway, the le- but, okay, that's a good point. Yeah. The level of the question, cause yeah. the people who are like, what planet do we live on? Like the right. early bird question, you're like earth and someone's like, well, yeah, right. Like, okay, let's, so, let's pump the brakes a little bit. In, in, in the spirit of trivia, I, I, I loved our little segment last episode where we were going through the Mount Rushmore and we, all of a sudden we were trying to quiz each other on the actual Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so I was like, why don't we just every episode have a Taylor trivia question? My worst nightmare. I think it's a great idea. And so I kind of gave you a little bit of a warning that I was going to do this. You don't know the question, obviously. So the warning didn't help at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm actually looking at you, so I'm going to be able to tell if you cheat. <laughs> so where's my phone at? No, All right. I, I, shoot I away. believe you. I believe you. So here's your question. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I can be. The busiest airports in the United States. OK, that's the category. Okay. The top three busiest airports in the USA are Atlanta. Los Angeles, and Chicago O'Hare. Can you round out the top ten? Okay, say those three one more time. Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Chicago O'Hare. Atlanta? See, I'm getting nervous, Chicago. Why are you nervous? No, I just started spitballing. And I'm going for what, top ten? Top ten. Okay, so I'll go Dallas-Fort Worth. That is number four. I'm going to go, let's see, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A. Is, I don't, is Cincinnati on there? No. Okay. Um, let's go New York. New York, JFK is number six. New York, JFK. All right. Oh, this is my worst nightmare. I'm going to assume... It. You said L.A. San Francisco. I don't know what that airport is. San Francisco is number seven. Okay. San Fran. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is not on the list. Mm. Okay. Let's go Philadelphia. No. I can't even. They definitely have an airport. I've never flown there, though. I figured I, you are allowed one hint whenever you want to use it. Okay. Let's go with... Is there one in Phoenix? There is an airport in Phoenix, but it's not on the list. Knoxville. Nashville. Not Knoxville. Nashville. No. Louisville. No. you got to think bigger. 
Well, that's the goal here. I know, but I'm saying you got to <laughs> think bigger cities. San Antonio. No. Mm. Okay. San Antonio, Dallas-Fort Worth. You have a hint, by the way. I'm just reminding you. I just know after this hint, I'm blanking right now. Okay, let me take my hint. All right, Seattle. Seattle is number eight. Let's go. Okay, Seattle got that. So I still need three more. Right. Do you want Do you want your hint? I'd like my hint, yeah. Do you want a hint about the obvious answer that you are missing or one that you might have trouble with? How obvious is the obvious answer? It's pretty obvious. The Lexington Airport. No. <laughs> O-L-E-X, baby. <laughs> oh, Denver. Denver is number five. So you're just missing number nine That was and the obvious, 10. right? Yes. Okay. Right, give me a hint. I guess it doesn't, doesn't matter which one, but give me a hint about the last two. One of them is in the state of Florida. Not me panicking and be like, I can't name one single city in What's Florida. What's a city in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm panicking right now. Are you serious? Gainesville? That Gainesville is your first. <laughs> when I tell you yes, I'm panicking. When I give you Florida. I'm panicking. I'm running on like Windows 4 right now. Do you give up? No, give me a second. Okay. Gainesville is a horrible. Tampa Bay. Yes, by the way. Tampa is incorrect. You're getting closer, though. Geographically, that doesn't help me at all. This airport is an hour away from Tampa. Geographically? What big city is an hour away from Tampa in Florida? Couldn't tell you right now. Give me the answer. Yes, you can. It's inland. You're saying these directions? Think about where families go with their kids. It's every kid's dream to go here. Oh, my goodness. I'm Mickey Mouse. Orlando. Orlando is number nine. Look at you. I don't. Right. I would like to say I don't appreciate how I was panicking and he didn't let me go. I just want to make it whenever very clear. You, whenever you guessed Gainesville, I was like, this is going downhill real quick. Now, I, I think I told Gainesville you, is the size of Bowling Green. It was the only – you asked the question, and I went into straight panic mode. It you're was fine. the only – no, you, you're fine. You're, now you're positive, but you made me be stuck there. This no, is your fault. I'm, this I'm, is this your is, fault. No, this is – you're doing great. What's number 10? No, I tapped out, and you said, no, we're going to keep going. <laughs> do, you, do you even want to try to guess number 10? Are you going to let me tap out? I'll let you tap out. I don't believe you, but give me a hint. It's west of the Mississippi. St. Louis? No. Mm. It's in a desert climate. I already said Phoenix. A lot of barren land. Utah. Except for one very poppin' strip. Oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is number 10. See, that wasn't that bad, huh? I don't you like you right now. Ten. No, come on. <laughs> that was a good question. You did you did okay. Las Vegas Orlando Las is Vegas, hard. The Las Vegas one is it makes sense because of how busy Las Vegas the strip is. But flying over Las Vegas, it's kind of it's literally just this tiny city 
in the middle of the desert. Yeah. No, I mean it's. Um, I don't even. I don't rem- remember the Las Vegas airport to be honest. Yeah, I've been there. I've flown through Las Vegas once, and the only reason I remember is there were slot machines everywhere. It's pretty. And I mean, I, it, I might never go back to Las Vegas. Not the worst layover airport in the that's, world. That's fair. So, um, but you did pretty good. Orlando's tough because whenever you think, whenever I'm I get reiterate to Florida. Go ahead. I'm going to reiterate. I don't like how you didn't let me tap out. Straight okay. panic mode. About to implode over here. Oh, I, I loved it. But I'm it's, it's not kidding. I could it, not have named another city at that point in time. It's not even or, a city. Or, is it? Orlando's tough because, you know, I gave you the hint of Florida, and immediately I would have said Miami. See, I, that I'm not kidding. The level of panic, Miami never entered my head. Right, because I know Miami has a huge, like, international hub. And so I thought that would for sure be the one in Florida. Besides um, Gainesville, then, the only other one was Jacksonville that popped in my head. But that's right. pretty I mean, that small, right? I horrible. I mean, Jacksonville's a big city. But, um, and, and I don't know, whenever I think of the big cities, I think of Miami and Tampa specifically. But Orlando is huge. Um, and you just don't really think about it because it's not on a coast. You know, Orlando's not really, you know, especially when people get to our age, there's not many people our age going to Disney. Yeah. So people go to I don't know that beach. I've ever been to Orlando. Really? I don't think so. I bet you have. I don't think I have. Huh. You've never been to Disney? Disney World, Disneyland, which one's the one in California? Disneyland is in California. I've been to Disney Disneyland. World is in Orlando. I have not been to Disney World. Interesting. Well, that so whenever I, I was telling you that I went to Harry Potter World and I rode the Gringotts ride, and mm-hmm. that one's in Orlando. Okay. Yeah, so. But we went to Disneyland whenever we were in high school, and we yes. marched in the Rose Bowl Parade. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. So The little, like, performing the show in that, like, exhibition not in the parade, just you would go perform around the field. One of the worst marching have you experiences ever, I've ever have, had. Have you ever seen a video of that? It's been a long time. It was rough. So, not to, for our non-band people listening, this is going to mean nothing to you. I kid you not, Taylor, that might be the worst performance I have ever been a part of in terms well, so of marching band. After the end of the season, we had like a month, and a half before I think we went out on the trip. Correct. I think the way it lined up, we had like a month and a half, and we didn't rehearse the show for at least two weeks. And we went out to the rehearsal. It was so cold outside, and your dad was essentially like, "Let's run the opener." And everyone was kind of like, "I don't know if I remember." I don't remember that. the note I start on. <laughs> I don't remember where I start. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's crazy. Even you know, even with DCI. I mean, if you were if you were asked to march your show a month after finals, would you be able to do it? No, and I know people, especially that would that do color guard, that remember phrases and things. I from, I can't even begin. I I'm not kidding. I forget it like the week after. Right. No, and I I'm with you. I'm like I, I got not I have new to information it. to bring into into my life. Wipe it. Yep. <laughs> 
No, I mean, I whenever I'm home and finals is over, it's done. And so I my that part of my brain is gone <laughs> essentially. Um but anyway, we can talk about that. We we should do a DCI episode. That can be an entire podcast. Yeah, we we need to do a DCI episode. But I figured we should move on to what we are actually supposed to talk about in our first episode, which is quarantine. And you know, just our personal experiences during 2020, because that that was when it went down. Um, just from like for me, from a work perspective, from, you know, just my habits that I formed here at home since we had to stay at home, just pretty much from top to bottom, our experience in quarantine. And so. Um, I figured I would just kind of let you kick it off. Okay. So as far as the timing, did it, when did that hit? Was that like in March? It was in March. Yeah. So I was about to start, like I make most of my money in the, like I would say July to November range. And I still make money on like past that, but that's when the large bulk of it comes in. So I was getting ready, like finances were getting pretty thin and I've been working hard to like kind of get a hold on those and not ha- have stuff on credit cards and things like that. So right before that hit, I was like, okay, I, I'm ready to like for stuff to start back up and start bringing in some more money. And then everything got shut down. It's like, Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the first part. And obviously there's much worse things going on with that, but. Right. Just personally, logistically, like that was the first thing. And so I, I had to figure out ways to deal with that. And I did some other work, which that one of the great things during quarantine when all that was going on was doing things like DoorDash where it was you could still work. And at that right. point, it's like just being able to work was an, a huge blessing. And so that helped out a lot getting through quarantine. But I, I feel like I personally went through all these different stages during quarantine. Like mm-hmm. the first couple months, I was power washing everything. I power washed power the, washing, like with an actual power washer. Yes, like the driveway, the sidewalk, the deck. I was just doing it because I was in this mode of like go 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 all the right. time. So I was just, I was power washing everything. I was doing anything I could to stay busy to like just keep things rolling. Sure. And it got to a point where I couldn't power wash anything else, <laughs> and I just was kind of forced to take a breath and well you were essentially forcing yourself to do busy work yes yeah and And, i mean i get that but once it got to the point of like forcing myself to take a breath it was like oh at first i hated it because it was just this feeling of like because that's how i had honestly coped with a lot of things is just stay busy keep doing things and then like that's all you have to worry about so i got like the first stage was just kind of being forced to slow down and take a breath. And at that point in time, there was nothing wrong with that because you couldn't do anything else. So it was nice to go out like when you could go to the park. There was a point in time where even parks were closed down, but, you know, get out, take the dogs for a walk and enjoy just slowing down. Like just being able to sit down like on your couch with the windows open and enjoy just sitting there with your dogs. Right. And I think that wasn't something I was really able to do before that. And I think 
I enjoyed it maybe a little bit too much because it I threw off the balance. Did. That's probably a fair point. Because yeah. it was nice to – you just got to be a person. Obviously, in a weird world with quarantine going on, but it was nice to just be able to enjoy a day for a day. Right. And I you're you're coming at it from a work perspective, like because you you obviously your work is very seasonal. Yes. Um I just remember for me, you know, cuz I I work in the financial world and I just came in one day and you you had heard, you know, on the news that there were rumblings, you know, that there is this new virus that you know, it's, it's currently overseas right now. And then I remember whenever the first case popped up in the U.S., mainland, I think it popped up in Seattle or something along those lines, it went – everything went haywire, especially where in my office. Like, everybody – we were getting a ton of calls from people worried about, you know, their money, like what's going to happen to the markets, what's going on. And so – and I know for me personally, you know, Liz is big on the whole Enneagram thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I took it a while ago, but I would right. need to be refreshed. And so I think I think I'm a six on the Enneagram, and I'm pulling a six this out of nowhere. Maybe no, I know. Sure, maybe Liz is gonna listen to this and start cracking up. I'm a, I'm a, what's called a guardian. That's my Enneagram, and so what is, that essentially means is. I will do everything in my power to protect those who are closest to me. And my entire personality is revolved around that one uh, theme. And so immediately start thinking about, okay, if things are going south, I'm going to make sure my household is taken care of. And, dude, I, I, like, dipped out of work, and I went to Meyer, which is right next to my office, and I loaded up on everything i was one of those people i got frozen meat like i loaded up our freezer with frozen meatballs it was the weirdest thing ever because i was (laughs) like you know if things really hit the fan and we can't go to the grocery my god we're gonna have some meatballs meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) so and you know i was just i missed out on the toilet paper i was late to the toilet paper train when by the time i got to meyer there was no toilet paper and did I, thought, you have any, I thought I was ahead of the curve. Did you so whenever you went to Myers, there was no toilet paper. Did you ever get to a point where it was like, I don't know how what I'm gonna do because I don't have toilet paper? Were you yes. ever in that situation? I was absolutely in that situation because the only the only thing that was left was, you know, flushable wipes, which we all know is a it's a scam, essentially. I, You're not I supposed choose, to flush those. I believe it. I believe the flushable part selectively. Well, I mean, I think it's okay to do it in spurts, but if that's solely what you're flushing down the toilet, you're going to clog your drains. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in big trouble. So there was a point in time where Liz and I were very worried about that, you know, and just any paper goods, really, even yes. paper towels. And so, so with the toilet paper, um, yeah. I, I knew I was getting low. Like, I had a couple of rolls left, and at that point, it was just me using it, so it wasn't the biggest issue. And But I I knew I was getting low. Like, I probably had three rolls left. And so every time I would need to pick up food, which at that point, you tried to pick up food for a longer period of time, not like a week. You try to get as much as you could 
that would last as long as it could. And so every time I would go to get food, I would check the toilet paper. And yeah. I was just like, maybe I'll look out. I don't need it right now, but I would like to have it for the future. And it got to the point where I was like, on my last roll, like getting down to the last couple squares, yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get some toilet paper. So I went to, uh, I think I went to Walmart that day and I, I stood in line. I think I was like the second person standing in line in the toilet paper aisle. And they're like, we're going to, we're getting a delivery of toilet paper in a couple hours. And then we'll be able to like hand it out. Just make sure we start a line and blah, blah, blah. So I stood in line for, I think three and a half, four hours waiting for toilet paper. And when it got there, I just, I didn't want a giant pack of toilet paper because I knew for me personally, like I didn't, I didn't really need that at that point. And they bring it out, and the only thing they delivered was bulk packaging of toilet paper. Yeah. I'm talking maybe like 32 rolls. And I, the person, there were some people that didn't end up getting some. Like, it went probably in five minutes. And I just opened it, and I handed the toilet paper, like, some rolls to people. Because I did, I did not need 32 packs of, or 32 rolls of toilet paper. And so I just opened it and handed toilet paper to people. And I think they, I don't know, I don't remember if I paid for all the rolls or if they just, like, gave it to, I don't remember what they did. But it was just, that was one of the craziest parts of it, just not waiting in line for toilet paper by necessity. When it just illustrates how, especially in America, our access to goods, how spoiled we are, you know, because there are a lot of countries where this is normal. You know, they... I know whenever we went on our honeymoon, we went to the Dominican Republic and, you know, whenever you go to a place like that, you're, you're in the touristy part of the country. And so Liz and I made a point to go on an excursion actually out into the country. And it was, at least for me, it was very humbling, you know, cause we're driving through these villages. And you look over and it's like a rundown shack. And the tour guy's like, yeah, that's, that's the hospital. And mm-hmm. it's only open on, it's only open two days a week. And it's just, you, you just think about stuff like that. And, you know, we're over here complaining about not being able to go to the Walmart that's two miles away to get toilet paper, you know, but <laughs> so anyway, not, not to like get all holistic on it, but you know, Going back to the toilet paper thing, Liz and I, we were like, there's got to be a subscription service whenever it was just crazy. You couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. And because we, we do Chewy for Raven um, and we love it. So I was like, there's got to be a Chewy for toilet paper. And so we signed up for a service and we still use it now. It's awesome. I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's like every quarter we get a new box of toilet paper. A um, subscription based thing. That's just the new business model. Oh, Everything so nice. Based. It is so People nice. People are so much willing, more willing to pay for something when the price tag's lower. Even right. though over, you forget about a subscription, it's going to be way more. But I think that's the new business model. Well, and then even so, like going off of the the goods side of things, and back to the work side. I know for at least our office, uh, our boss was. You know, we're going to kick off every day with a Zoom meeting. That was the big thing. Zoom. I hadn't even heard of Zoom before. I'm so tired of Zoom. Happened. Um, Almost out of spite, I refused to do 
Well, and it, it's just <laughs> it was just really funny because the first day we popped on, everyone was still wearing work clothes. And so we hop on for this, the first Zoom for the office and quarantine, and everybody's hopping on. They've got their button-down shirts on. They're, everybody's in dress clothes. Everybody's got their hair done. And, you know, fast forward three weeks later, everybody's getting on in hoodies and <laughs> ball caps. And, you know, our boss is like, you know, how's everybody doing? Is everybody getting their stuff done? And everybody's like, nope. At that point, he's probably like, someone please interact with me. We're not getting our stuff done. Because, I mean, you know, being at home was nice. Um, but a little bit. (laughs) For a little bit. I, I got very tired of it. Um, but um, we'll, we'll get on that soapbox later. But at least I know for me, I was like, I'm going to use quarantine as an opportunity to exercise. I went through that um, phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emphasis on phase. Yep. Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I'm going to start going on walks, you know, to just start passing the, you know, the, make the days go by faster. Maybe make and eye contact with somebody, get some human interaction. You just realize real quick that when you're locked in your house and you're not, you know, going about your usual daily activities, um, say if I was in the office or, you know, out about running errands. You know, just depending on those, you know, two or three mile walks, that's still not the same activity that you were doing prior. No. You know, if you're laying on your couch all day watching Netflix and you're like, I'm going to go walk for two miles. That's going to be my steps for the day. That is still so much lower than your standard daily activity prior to quarantine. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to exercise. I ended up gaining a ton of weight. You know, and and it's just so quarantine. Well, oh, yeah, I. It wasn't I didn't feel like I was just eating like garbage, but I was just eating and I wasn't burning any. And so I was definitely just laying around and I was just gaining a bunch of, of pounds. So you said you went through a workout phase too during quarantine? Very brief. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna go hard, I'm gonna come out of quarantine with like a six pack. I'm gonna be jacked. And I got through like a week or two of that. I was like, uh how the I don't know about and, this. And it's it was just I just think back and more more things are popping into my head even as we're talking about it. But just things like haircuts. You couldn't go get a haircut. And so actually one of my neighbors, he's he's moved now. Um he used to be a bar he was a barber at a, one of the barber shops here in town. And so I walked out to walk Raven one day and I just our street is full of cars. Which during quarantine was really weird. Because, you know, even our governor was like, you can't gather in groups more than X amount. I forgot what the number was. So seeing all these cars on my streets, it was really odd at the time. And I come to found, find out I was walking up the street and I walked by my neighbor's garage and he had set up a, essentially an underground barber shop where he just had his barber chair in his garage. Now, to his credit, they were kind of spread out. He kept the garage door open. You know, chairs were not you know, closer than six feet apart. But he was essentially in there cutting people's hair. He was wearing a mask. And, you know, they were just in there chit-chatting. It was open air. And so... I mean, on that end, too, and a lot of people went through this. He has a very transactional job where he gets paid if he does that. I mean, he lost all of his income. Yeah, which is so scary. Well, yeah, and especially, I mean, he had kids and... 
So, I mean, absolutely, he's trying to find any way to recoup anything. And so it was was just such a strange time. Yeah. Um, During quarantine, uh, I was single and trying to date, which was very tough during quarantine. So one of the things that would happen is you'd have, like, a FaceTime date, which was, in a weird way, it was, like, nice because it took off a lot of the pressure of, like, that face-to-face interaction with someone for the first time, but it still had that quality. But it got to a point just – you said earlier being locked in your house so much where like even that just like seeing someone through a screen at that point, you're like some interaction. Yeah. Like it just got so much and like going to the park, walking the dogs, you walk by somebody and you just like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I know for, at least for me, and you, you talked about this last episode, your love for video games. And I said, mine goes in spurts. Well, quarantine was one of my spurts. Long spurt. And <laughs> I mean, I, I would use, you know, I, I didn't play Xbox hardly at all before, you know, not since I didn't either. Almost middle school. And so when quarantine started, I was like, you know, I'm going to play. I'm going to play with my buddies. And all of a sudden that group of buddies just kept expanding and, and expanding. And all of a sudden we had a group of 10 of us that would, you know, we have a Snapchat group and we're like, oh, who's hopping on tonight? Of course, everybody's like, oh, me, 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 <laughs> you know, just, yeah, got, just so we can have some sort of social interaction. Yes. The reply and, to that text would always be to like, I have nothing else to do. Let's well, go. And and it was it was so weird because, you know, even though I said earlier in this episode that my social battery is super low, it's I would get to the point where, I mean, I would, I would be that guy that would stay on till 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. Just playing with, just playing with the guys, you know, just because we were having fun. Um, it was just a wild time. It, I, I don't do that anymore, obviously. I mean, I'll play every now and then, but I have a pretty hard cutoff, um, on my screen time. Yes. Um, if I'm not in bed by, nine or ten something's wrong you know i'm a night owl i i I know you are i've always been a night owl yeah so so is my wife she's i don't i mean i just if i go to bed at you know midnight or one i'm just so miserable the next day you know when i have my alarm set for six um just is not a good recipe to have a good day yeah so um i'm i'm very different in that aspect i can I could probably, as long as I get my eight hours, I used to not be an eight hour person. I would be like, let's sleep for four or five hours. Right. Ethan, when I tell you my body's going to make me get my eight hours one way or another. Yeah. And as long as I get the eight hours, like once I wake up, it doesn't matter what time it is. Like I can have a productive day. So I'm very different in that way. But you had said video games. Yeah. That was one thing. I played a lot in high school. I loved video games in high school. In college, I just, I didn't have time to play, so I didn't play really at all in college. And just because I had, like, my music head, I was trying to practice tuba. Uh, I had performing, performing in the summer, in the winter, and I just, like, I never got to play. And quarantine was the first time that I was able to play video games again. And I just, like, immediately i forgot why i enjoyed those in the first place like just it's it's a form of escapism in some way but playing those and having the social interaction like you were saying 
And so that was one thing I kind of rediscovered during quarantine was loving video games and what they bring. Right. And so I know, especially so going from a hobby standpoint, um, quarantine kind of re- reignited golf for me, you know, because prior to 2020, I didn't, I played some, but I didn't play a ton. Well, in 2020, golf was one of the only acceptable things you could do, you know, and so if you, there, there's a lot of data behind this, but golf was like the number one sport during quarantine. I believe it because it's just people, one of the few non contact. Yeah, bored, you're outside. Um, people bored out of their mind. They're like, oh, I'm going to golf just to get out of the house. Yeah. And so, but the downside to that is it's really expensive. And so, you know, to play around golf, it's 50 bucks just for a tee time. And then, you know, if you're a not great golfer, you're going to lose balls. It's, it's really expensive. And so I lose it wasn't, a lot of balls playing golf. It wasn't sustainable for me because I was in one of those patterns where I had an expensive hobby and I was really trying to save money during that time because I didn't know what was going on. And so I picked up disc golf. And so I think I, I roped you in on a couple rounds whenever it I was didn't in the go, It didn't go very well for me, but well, it was a good time. And I, I, I just had buddies in college who loved it. And so, you know, that's another outdoor sport, and it's much cheaper. Like, you don't have to oh. reserve a tee time or anything. You just, you just go. Course. They're just in parks, you know, these courses. And so you just go buy, you know, these $10 discs, and you just go throw. And so that's what I did. And I actually kind of got hooked on it for about a year or two. And then I haven't, gosh, I haven't played in a year and a half probably now, but. I feel like I'd be very sore after playing that now. Oh but it, gosh. It was nice. And it's a lot less, um, rage inducing than golf. Oh yeah. Not even close. You know, I, and, you know, I just, the frustration I have playing golf compared to disc golf it's just not even comparable yes well with golf i feel like there's if you there's a couple different places you can be like if you're just awful at golf i feel like you can potentially be in a a position to go golfing and just like i know i'm gonna be bad i'm just gonna go enjoy it have a good time but if you get a little bit better and i feel like this is where i'm kind of at where you know that you have the ability to make good shots right but you make bad shots i feel like i don't enjoy it at that point. And I know well, that it's expensive to get better. So, well, the difference is the money component. You know, if you go and you're having a bad round of regular golf, you've spent a lot of money to be out there. And so you're like, oh, man, I just dropped 80 bucks total to essentially be miserable, you know, during Very my round because I'm not playing well. I'm losing a ton of balls. And so, first you know, <laughs> Like with disc golf, I know I'm not good, and you know it's you very rarely lose a disc, and you didn't pay Speak any to money. Well, <laughs> you didn't pay you didn't pay any money to be there. So you know if you play a bad round, you're like, oh well, at least I got to experience the outdoors. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't no, know I mean, where we got here, but no, I mean we're talking about hobbies. I mean that's something I picked up during oh, during quarantine. quarantine. All right, yeah, yeah. You know, especially the disc golf, because I, I did not play in college, you know, and so that was one of those things where just to get out of the house, I picked that up, and yep. it was cheap. 
And so, and it was just something to get me out of the house. So, I mean, it, it was fun. I just, I don't play it anymore. Um, some of my buddies who also picked it up with me during quarantine still play. Uh, um, banging chains. Oh yeah. That's the, yeah, to go out and bang chains with the boys. Hey bro, you want to go bang some chains? <laughs> no, I mean, I was, I used to be super into it. I, I would keep up with a professional, uh, players oh dude i would i knew when you know because it's not on tv and so there's this big youtube channel it's called jomez pro and i I figured out when they would when the tournaments were and when they would upload these videos and honestly the production quality is really nice and so it's really easy it's an easy watch yeah and i would i would be up at 8 a.m drinking coffee watching disc golf Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I don't obviously don't do that anymore, but I, I know a lot of the top pros names. Big Paul Macbeth guy. Um, he, me he's too. The goat. He's the goat of disc golf. I couldn't agree um, more. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, but, he is so much my number one that I don't even have a number two. Wow. He's just so good that you just can't even think about anybody else. Undisputed the goat. The, the, goat but uh, anyway so i mean that, that's essentially my short version form of quarantine that we were supposed to talk about in the first episode at least my experience with it and so i, thought, I mean go ahead. i feel like sometimes i forget what happens or what happened in quarantine and i'll randomly just remember something oh like did you watch tiger king i randomly thought about tiger oh. king the other day was that really and how weird that was? Yeah, that came out in March. It was like the perfect timing oh my for that show. And, you know, because it was, it was already planned to come out in March, like the year before. Yeah, you know, they already you know, the did shows, all the work. They've already allotted March of 2020 for that show to come out, even before COVID was even, you know, a thing. And so, I mean, it was literally the first week, I think, of quarantine that show came out. And it was the number one show in America, obviously, because everybody was bored out of their mind. For some entertainment businesses, they obviously they didn't have the ability to create new things, but it's like they raked in because you had just captive audi- audiences. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of shows, at the time of recording this, ha- well, let me start with the question: Have you watched you on Netflix? Yes. Season two or uh, season three, I think, comes out mm-hmm. tomorrow. At the time of recording this. What, and that's season four? Uh, it might be. I forgot how I many can't seasons remember. The new season, the first half of it, comes out. I'll double check, but I think it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. What other shows are you are you into? Did you watch Wednesday? Oh, I loved Wednesday. Wednesday that one, started out slow for me, but then I got really into it. I, I was kind of hooked immediately. I, I think on a random Saturday... I I had no intention of doing this, but I laid down in the living room, just on on the floor, not even on the couch. I laid down on the floor. I was like, I don't even know what to do today. I think it was 11 o'clock in the afternoon when I started this, and I flipped on Wednesday. Ethan, I didn't move from the floor <laughs> until I finished that series. Do you do you have HBO Max? Uh, can't confirm or deny. Well, so, I don't think we watch a whole lot on there. I mean, the big it. show right now is The Last of Us, and it's it's is another that a, Armageddon show. Is that a like new show or Dead. is it a continuation? It's well, it, it's a 
adaptation of the video game. Because yeah, The Last I, of Us was a really big video game. Okay. And so they got uh, Pedro Pascal, um, and apparently it's really good. It's on HBO Max. Um, okay. By the way. Whenever a new episode comes out, I just see it on social media. So, I I didn't play the video game, or be, I wasn't very aware of it, and I haven't watched any of that yet. Yeah, season four of You, it does come out uh, tomorrow, which – we're filming on Wednesday. Comes out on Thursday, Thursday, February 9th. Oh, I gotcha. No, and then, uh, oh, what's another show that we've been watching? Well, Liz and I will watch the really trashy shows on Netflix. Which um, ones are we talking about? Uh, Too Hot to Handle. Love it. <laughs> it's objectively horrible, but we just can't. But it's can't, so good. You just can't stop watching it. Those are the ones where I, I, Come into the living room to sit with Catherine for a second, and then I just don't leave. Yeah. And I start asking her questions. I'm like, can you believe that? That's <laughs> disgusting. What did she say? And then you're no. just super yeah. invested. Yeah. Um, no, we, uh, yeah, we watch Wednesday and then Too Hot to Handle. And we used the to circle. be into the circle. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great. Yeah. A, it's kind of gotten. At least for me, just a little too staged, if that makes sense. Like, it's super predictable now. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the first couple seasons, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Yes, very. But now we're on season, it's either five or six, and the the suspense isn't there anymore. You know, if they kick someone off early, I'm like, well, they're going to stay on the show. You know, so they're going to find out a way to keep these people on the show. Yeah. Did they um, film the first season of that during quarantine? I think so. Cause that's a very clever yeah. way to be able to still produce something. Uh, I just pulled up, I looked up popular shows on Netflix. Have you watched Kaleidoscope? No. I've heard I, it, I would like to watch that cause the, the concept of being able to watch it in any order, I yeah. really, I think that's an incredibly interesting, interesting format. Right. Uh, let's see. Have you, did you watch Squid Games? Of course. I never watched it. See, that's, and that, that's one of those shows where I usually don't like shows that have gore in them. And there's a lot of gore in that show. Um, but I surprisingly couldn't stop watching it. Just, and I watched episode, it. But... And if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Squid Game, I think the correct way to watch it is in the native language and just turn on English subtitles. Because I tried watching it with the English dub, and it just didn't quite hit the same as just the original audio with English subtitles. Like, yes, you will have to read, but it just seems like a better experience We're subtitle people anyways, so. Yeah, and, you know, another show that's like that, too, and I love this show is Narcos. On Netflix, I love some Narcos. Show. It is I don't so think I've watched good. it in its entirety, but I've watched episodes. That's another it. Pedro Pascal. So if you're a Pedro Pascal guy, he he's the the DEA agent in uh, Narcos. I did not make that connection. Yeah, because I just, I haven't watched it in a while. No, it, it's really good. Um, but have you watched anyway. Bridgerton? Of course. That was one. Saying, that's another. It's another show where, on paper, I'm supposed to hate that show. 
you know. I and so it. Liz was like, you should just watch it. And so I was like, okay. I, we binged the heck out of that show. I mean, we watched, I think we watched both seasons in two days. Cool. It's phenomenal. It's that's so one, good. I know, that's not a chick flick, but I am not ashamed to say I love a good chick flick. And that's in the same, yeah. yeah, it's not that, but it's in that same kind of area. Can't get enough. It's really good. The soundtrack is amazing. Oh, yes. they have that string quartet that just dubs, you know, popular songs, current songs. Yes. I um, thought maybe the first, I don't know if this is accurate or not in my head, but I think I like the first season maybe more than the second. No, the first season soundtrack is much better than the second season. Are you, are you just talking about plot? Uh, kind of plot. I guess kind of everything. I really like the second season. I'm not gonna lie. I might. Ha- I could have it mixed up. I. That was just the. The take. Anyway, that I this, this might mean nothing to people who haven't watched it. So. If but anyway, Taylor. It, do it. Well, what's our timer at? Since we are so conscious of. We're at one ten. Hey. That's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. We hit before we even everything. started. We said we should keep it between an hour and an hour and a half. And Nailed look it. at us. Nailed it. We are getting so good at this. Also, I did send a desperation mes- uh, message to Celsius Energy. I said, please sponsor. And they're going to be like, sure. Can you just send us your, your data over? I said I would do it for a penny. Ethan. Why, come on. A penny? I love them so much. <laughs> a penny. Just imagine how, like, how much more, you know, sophisticated we'll sound if we say, this is the You Must Be Bored podcast brought to you by Celsius Energy. I think I'd rather be for a penny. Yeah, I'll let you keep the penny. Don't, that's, don't do that to me. (laughs) Keep the penny. Let's 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 sign a one year deal for a penny, and then we'll renegotiate after one year. Whenever we have you know ten thousand listeners, I'd rather do it for zero pennies at that point. Wow, I don't think you can. That's why I said one penny. I don't think you can have a sponsor that doesn't actually pay you. They could probably send. I think you could do a sponsor where they just send us Celsius. Oh, like merch. Yeah, that could probably happen. If there's other. Well, Celsius, if you're listening to this, I will take a T-shirt or a sweatshirt. That'd be cool. And maybe like a free 12-pack. What? You're acting like I'm – we got to start somewhere, man. Come on. We're just vamping. Now we need to end this. (laughs) Brought to you by One Penny. Um, this is the You Must Be Bored podcast. If you like uh, listening to us, I don't know why, but I'm I appreciate you, and I appreciate we appreciate you. you. Yeah, yeah thanks. I should have said we. This is may this sound is like I don't. Effort. No, it's fine. I messed up on that one. I'm still figuring this out. Well, Taylor, should we sing our outro? <clears throat> you, you take it away. You must be bored. Okay. Well. When we started harmonizing, it was awesome. We, yeah. I think we, well, maybe it wasn't. Great. So we're going to end it on that. Y'all have a good week. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs>